That means I'm on. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody, and welcome, whether you're joining us in person or online. Uh, we are glad you're here with us participating. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, take a moment or two and fill out the Connect card. You'll see them in front of you in the rows or up there if you're in the balcony and the seats next to you. If you're on home watching, uh, on our fa- on the big opening page, uh, you'll see a Connect card. Uh, just take a few minutes, fill that out, and uh, if you're here in the sanctuary, fold them up and just drop them at the doors. Back there by the doors are where we collect these and also have tithes, offerings, offering box right back there as well. Uh, take a few minutes and fill that out. And, and if you wouldn't mind, on the back side, uh, we have a group of folks who pray for you. Uh, and if you'd like prayer for something, or maybe great things are going on in life, and you just say, I got to praise God for this, take a moment and fill that out. Fill that out because we'd like to praise God alongside you and also lift you up in prayer. So please, take a few moments, drop them off in the boxes there by the back door. A few things to make you aware of. Uh, Basketball, our team basketball season is coming to an end. Next Saturday is our final game. Games, plural, I should say. Uh, There's 22 teams, so there's like 11 games in a day. It's a ball. It's a blast. If you haven't come out to sneak out and take a peek, might I suggest you do it this week or you'll be waiting a year. Uh, So it's a great time. The second and third graders are just hilarious to watch. They're fun. They're joy. They're jubilation. It's It's just fun. So if you get a moment or two, just poke your nose on in. It's a great time. It's a great time. We still need for our closing ceremony, which will be at 6 o'clock down at Delavan School on the 9th, um, cookies. So if anybody is a baker and they would like to make cookies, or in the case of somebody I know, just go out and buy them, um, that's okay. I don't let her near the oven. So notice how I stood on this side when I said that. Whatever your cookie recipe will make, that would be great. You don't have to go and make 19 dozen cookies, but two, three dozen cookies, because many hands make light work. So we'll be collecting those Saturday uh, and then getting them down there for our closing ceremony. Next Sunday, uh, youth group will be back on, so make sure you're around. Last Sunday, youth group went downstairs and painted up some walls and everything else to get their youth room ready, so we're in full swing with that. It'll be every other week. Uh, March 15th, if you've been involved at all with our team basketball program, volunteering, whether it's serving at the snack counter, at the door, refing, coaching, whatever else, please, on the 15th, you are invited to a volunteer appreciation dinner for our team basketball time. We're starting that at 6 o'clock, I believe it is, uh, here, here at the church. And uh, we're going to be doing, if you'll forgive the word, pub grub. Uh, we'll be serving out in the lobby space, and then we're going to be doing a... Uh, time of trivia in here. So uh, that's on the 15th. On the 18th is senior lunch coming up. Palm Sunday on the 24th. Oh, and with Palm Sunday, just mentioning, uh, the kids are going to be helping with that. They're going to be participating in a portion. They will be going back up to class, but uh, they're going to be participating with a portion. And then that evening at five o'clock down at the Church of the Nazarene, they will be having a Seder meal. All are invited. It'll be presented by Jews for Jesus, just so you know what's going on. Egg packing, because we are at the time of Easter time. You'll notice our Easter bunny out there. Extravaganza. That's one of our big community outreaches. We go down to the Delavan School. We have five or six different stations in there, and the kids go to station to station and rotate around. There is a presentation of what Easter means, and I'll give you a hint. It's not just chocolate and an Easter bunny, okay? Uh, So that gets told to them, and they get invited here. But in doing that, we also do an egg hunt as part of it. 
Now, I was corrected. Last week, I told you we put out 1,000 eggs. I was incorrect. We put out between 12 and 1,500 eggs. So we need a lot of candy. We are collecting that. Now, not the full-size bars, but if you do, Reese's will be gratefully accepted. But the smaller bars, the smaller bars that can go into like an Easter egg that we clap those plastic eggs together and stuff. And if you'd like to help pack those plastic eggs, we're going to be doing that on March 25th at 10 a.m. right back there in the lobby. Uh, Easter, of course, uh, service. Oh, forgot, Good Friday, March 29th. Good Friday service will be a community event. Five other churches, ourselves included, in PCF. We're going to be meeting at PCF at 6 o'clock to do, a, to do our uh, Good Friday service. Good Friday services are a little different. They're a little quieter. They're a little more introspective, just, just so you're aware of it. And then, of course, a celebration of the risen Savior on March 31st, Easter. The kids will be participating with us in the sanctuary that entire time. They're going to be here with us. It's a fifth Sunday, and we like to have our kids with us on those fifth Sundays. So they can see, look, adults worship. Look how adults do this. And they can see you as part of that. So I just want you to all aware of it. You know, there's one other thing that's coming up this week, and rather than me trying to give you a big announcement on it, I'm going to let a video do that. What is going on in there? Oh, man. You just missed the pyrotechnics. And the choreographed number by the choir, hashtag amazing. This has got to be the greatest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I'm on my third Kleenex, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they're going to put it on the Facebook page soon. Right. What? Facebook? No. No, you know what? That is what's wrong with this church. The Facebook page? No, 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 I'm talking about the Facebook. I'm talking about the sheer fact that I've been coming to this church for years, for years. And the service times have always started the exact same time for years. And then all of a sudden, out of left field, they want to change that. Did they consult anybody? No, they did not. Did they stand up there and ask the congregation, hey, congregation, what do you think about this? No, they did not. I didn't vote for this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to march in there, and I'm going to release the Kraken on the pastor, and then I'm going to go find another church. Wait, 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 wait. What are you doing? Why didn't you just tell him to stay life savings time? Stop the sermon! Somebody better call the fire department because I'm about to stop dropping. And miss this? Yeah, follow that up now, right? Uh, if you didn't get it, they're changing the clocks next week, so. And now I have to be serious and. All right, I'm going to do my best here because I do think that God has a sense of humor. Um, so as we come to worship this morning, uh, it's very real to me once we get within a few weeks of Easter how much we have to celebrate, how much there is to celebrate, how much that God has done for us. And as we get closer to Easter, it just, I feel that more and more as a 
a man who, a God who became man, came to earth, walked the earth, uh, talked, performed miracles, died, and was risen from the dead. And uh, I just want to celebrate that this morning, that he did all those things for us. So we're going to take this time and celebrate that, and take this time and celebrate those little things that he's doing in your lives right now. So let's stand together and begin our worship. Your love is a mystery, how you gently lift me when I am surrounded. Your love carries me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your love makes me sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your love makes me sing. Your love is Feel it rising, all the joy that's growing deep inside of me. Every time I see you, all your goodness shines through. I can feel this God song rising up in me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your love makes me sing. Hallelujah. teacher hat on for just a minute. So this song is called You Are Holy, Prince of Peace. It breaks into parts during the course. There's a men's part and a women's part. And I say all of that to say, if you know the song, great. Sing the men's part if you're a man, the women's part if you're a woman, a woman, excuse me. And if you don't, you can just follow along with that melody. But uh, either way, we're going to lift up our voices and praise him this morning. Worthy of praise, worthy of praise. 
ready for worship now, you better check your pulse. <laughs> Our scripture reading this morning is from James 1, <clears throat> 22 to 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word 
but does not do what it says, is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we gather here this morning to be in your presence, to worship you in prayer and scripture and song. Let us feel your presence throughout our service as we praise you and thank you for blessing our lives. We ask that you give special blessings to those who are having physical, financial, and family problems. In this troubled world, I ask that you would help us stand by our convictions and our faith and love for you, that we not stand silently by when confronted with things that do not agree with those values. Lord, look after our armed forces and our first responders who are there for us each day. We thank all the people who step up and keep your ministries running smoothly. Bless the worship teams whose music and videos add so much to our service each week. And bless Pastor Mark and Shelley's leadership. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. things I forgot to mention at the beginning. One, uh, we're coming into that season of, uh, of uh, voting and things on that. Whatever your affiliation is, whatever it is, that's cool. But make sure you do uh, take advantage of that. We as Americans have that right and that privilege. Here in New York State, primary seasons and things are coming up. So please uh, avail yourself of that. And second, um, I have to apologize to my wife. That was a cheap shot. And so, sorry. <laughs> You'll have to guess which one. So, have you ever tried something and it failed? <laughs> yeah. Uh, some years back, uh, my wife and I, we, we owned a mobile home. We bought some property, and we're going to move the mobile home up to the property. Everything goes well. The well is dug. You know, the septic field is there. And I had the contractor who was working for us uh, dig some piers, and we filled them with cement. And what we were going to do was uh, lay, lay joists across them, a triple beam, and then jack the house up, put them on top of it. You know, and, the, and these uh, pillars were going to be underneath the mobile home. No one would see it. We'd skirt it to the ground. Everything would be wonderful. So uh, he, did, he did all his work, and we got up there, and then it was my turn. So jacking and leveling. I and another guy were, were underneath there. We set several 10-ton jacks, more weight than we could ever need. We had like six of them, and we're jacking them up, and things are going pretty good. We have to get it up, though, about four feet because the, the pitch of the slant was like that, you know, so you got to raise the front to get it up. And, and, and as we're doing this, one of the jacks starts going. You can see it. It looks like it's going in slow motion. You know. And we got out of there. We got out from underneath, and, and all was well with us. But then you heard the boom. My wife was up top doing something in, in a campsite we had, and she said she felt the ground shake. It was a good bounce. 
Not only did it go down, but it also listed the port, if you will, and it moved to the left about three feet. Fell about four, moved left three. We jacked it up again, and this time we got it right. What happened was that jack was right over an underground spring. So the ground wasn't solid. And it was, you can see it now, you wouldn't feel anything. But as you put the weight of it on it, all of a sudden it encountered that less than stable soil. And when one jack goes, the rest said, hey, why are we holding this up? And they all went at the same time. It, it all ended okay. Everybody got out of there. Nobody was hurt. But we now had an outrigger on our house. If you don't know what an outrigger is, it's a, like a pontoon thing that sticks out the side of a boat to cause it for stability's sake in, in high waves. Well, because the thing moved out the side, now sticks those piers. <laughs> and we were going to move the whole thing back. So we had a, a little walkway <laughs> on the side of the house. We had an outrigger for our house from then on. I started out with good intentions, even a good plan, and I had good help and all the things in place. But there was an underlying hidden imperfection. That spring. In life, we can, well, we can all look good. We can have good intentions. But if we have not got some solid foundation, if our motives are not solid, things can go wrong. With the Holy Spirit guiding us, we can be convicted or, or impressed upon by the need to ask forgiveness. Or, or, or to change our ways, when it comes to big, obvious sin, right? When it comes to something big and obvious, we can go, oh, man, I really screwed that up. I messed that up bad. You know, if we steal something or we lie to our partner, we know it's wrong. When we choose pornography over intimacy in our relationships or anger over understanding when we deal with our kids, our consciousness is impacted. We know we made a mistake. We know it right away. And we can seek forgiveness. But there are certain areas of our lives where sin is able to creep in almost, almost undetected. Places like our motives, our prioritizing of other things above God, and the ways we relegate loving our neighbor to the back burner of our lives. These things can sneak in. They can come in unawares, like that spring under the ground that you might not see. They come in by way of our own desires. Lent is a good time for us to slow down and make time to listen to what God may need to tell us, to slow down and to listen to God. Why don't we take a quick second? Father God, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to us. Oh, we celebrate at Christmas and we do that well, but here in the lead up to Easter, sometimes it's more difficult to us. When the ultimate sacrifice was given for us, his death on a cross. Father, during this season, help us to listen to you, to pause, to take the time to hear from you in the big things, and maybe even more importantly, in the little. So, Father, I pray that you'll be with each one of us this day to listen to you, to hear from you. Amen. You know, I think a good place to start this part today is taking a look at the book of James and get some advice from him. The book of James is a pretty straightforward book. There's not a lot of, uh, what did he mean by that? It's pretty straightforward. It's right there. And, and he helps, really, uh, the believer maintain and remain faithful in times of trial and challenge. 
to let their faith influence their actions rather than the things around them influencing them. In James chapter 1, the very first, it starts out, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greeting. Now, some books of the New Testament don't really have who's writing it at the beginning. Hebrews, for example, right? We're not quite sure who wrote that. But James leaves no thought. Hi, it's me, James. I'm writing this to you. But, but now in our later day, we may say, which James? There are quite a few of them mentioned in the New Testament. Three, in fact. Well, it wasn't one of the 12. This James was rather Jesus' brother, half-brother, if you will. In Acts chapter 1, Luke records, those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Elseus, so there's two of the Jameses, and Simon the Zealot, Judas the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. That's the James, his brothers. We don't know when James became a believer. We kind of have an indication that it was, uh, it was around the time of, of the resurrection. Before that, you may remember, he, along with his sister, I'm sorry, his, his mother, Mary, right, shows up and says, hey, is Jesus in there? Send him out to us. We want to take care of him. So he wasn't truly fully committed at that time. It must have been hard for James growing up in a house where you've got the Son of God as your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, it gives us a little sense of when maybe, maybe this conversion happened for James. It's in 1 Corinthians 15. For what I received, I passed on to you as as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the, according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Caiaphas, Paul, uh, Peter, and, and, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles, and last he appeared to me also as to one who is abnormally born. This book of James, Christ appeared to him. Now, the book of James is written sometime, if I'm remembering right, in the late 60s. James, one of the 12, and James, the other 12, died before that. So it sort of indicates, it points right to, no, this is that James. James, the brother, brother of Christ, half-brother of Christ. James, the one who was raised in the house, same household as him. James, who, whose life stays in Jerusalem. James, who got to see all of that. James, who it seems like was the target of the Pharisees. Uh, Josephus, the, the first century Jewish historian, says that James' death was at the instigation of Ananias, the high priest. James was very outspoken about treating the poor well, about living that life, not just saying the words. And sometimes that aggravated the Pharisees, especially the high priest Ananias, who, well, may have had a hand in his death. James, in writing this, isn't writing to a specific town. He's not writing to, like, all the believers in Caesarea Philippi or all the believers here or there. He's writing it to, he says, the 12 tribes, all Christians everywhere. He starts out by reminding us 
that we will all face trials of every kind. Not severe persecution. He doesn't say you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be killed, you're going to have illnesses heaped upon you, but rather trials. Because as a Christian, in that day, some people, well, they wouldn't sell to you or buy from you because of your faith. Oh, you're one of those? We're not going to your shop. I'm not even going to hire you. I'm not getting involved with that. I don't want people to look down on me. Oh, I know what you guys are about. We ain't getting involved there. In today's world, we may face some social shunning because of our faith. We may face some backlash because you don't say I'm right, and since you don't say I'm right, you must hate me. And so you'll face a little shunning. You may encounter all sorts of trials because of your faith. So what do we do? Do you go underground? Do you hide? Do you maybe bury that so just, just so I can fit in, just so I can get by? I'm going to try not to stick out. Well, James says, considering it, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. You know, the trials we face because of our faith is not something to run from, but rather accept. And if I can use this word, embrace, I don't mean we have to like being shunned, <laughs> scorned, miscategorized, but rather embrace the fact that your faith isn't just a garment you wear, but is a thing you are for other people to see it. You know, a garment, uh, you, you simply put on a cross or a necklace or a bracelet, you know, the WWJD or a T-shirt, and people see that and say, oh, that's, uh, but that's all they are is just that shirt. They're nothing really substantial. That's all that it means. And, and if they see the depth of your faith is no more than your T-shirt, well, there's little to trial there, is there? But if you're in alignment with your faith, if your faith is a living, vibrant part of your life, the trials that come your way should speak loud and clear, not only to others, but to you yourself, that your faith is real, that your faith is sincere, God-honoring, and even noticeable. You and your faith are one. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Trials come our way because others see our real faith, our real relationship with God, not just a t-shirt you wear, not an act you put on, but a genuine depth of relationship with God, an intimacy with God. If we don't push that relationship down, if we don't try to squash it so we better fit in, if we don't try to hide it, if we keep our relationship with God vibrant and strong, impacting all we do, standing up in the trials we face, we will be, well, blessed and receive. James goes on to point out that there is a difference between trials and temptations. Trials come from a world that sees us and our faith. It causes them to be uncomfortable with their own status, so they shun and abuse. But temptation, temptation comes from within us. When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me, for God can't be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. 
But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Temptations comes from the enemy working on our desires and motives. Temptations may come from an outside stimulus, but it's because that outside stimulus bumps into our own fleshy motives and desires. It's not from God. Israel, while they wandered in the wilderness, trying to blame God for their reluctance. Oh God, there's not enough food out here. What are we going to eat? There's not enough water. What are we going to do? Oh, I'm sick and tired of just that manna. Isn't there anything else to eat? They tried to blame God for everything. But it wasn't his fault. They tried to blame God for the golden calf debacle, right? Oh God, you and Moses, you were gone for a long time. We didn't know what to do, so we built this golden calf thing. From Exodus to James to today, it's not God who tempts us. It's our desire, our fleshiness, if you will, that tempts us. Our profession of faith must be backed up by solid lives of practical righteousness. Now, not holier-than-thou-ness, okay, but loving God and loving people in word and in deed. Religion of the heart is to be constantly demonstrated in our lives, not just a t-shirt you drop on. That doesn't mean works save you or works mean you're saved. No, not at all. By faith we are saved. But rather, well, John Wesley put it this way. It is most true that the root of religion lies in the heart, in the inmost soul. That this is the union of the life of God in the soul of man. But if this root be really in the heart, it cannot but put forth branches. And these are the several instances of the outward obedience which partake of the same root and consequently are not only marks or signs, but substantial parts of religion. Our faith, our love for God is a personal and intimate thing. It's firmly rooted in our hearts. But that love for God grows us not only closer to God inwardly, but also outwardly as well. Our inside faith needs to be seen and lived, not hid. But we also must be aware that our outside lives truly reflect our inward faith. Otherwise, we're hypocrites. We're frauds. We're like Judas. Judas, on the outside a follower, he sat at the feet of Christ. He helped pass out the bread and the fish at the feeding of the 5,000. He met in the upper room where Jesus washed his feet. On the outside, he had all the right credentials. But his fleshy desires showed his true nature. And he sold it all for 30 pieces of silver. Does your faith and life line up? In your actions, what are your motives? James again. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that it's so prevalent 
and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Quick to listen to who? God. We all face temptations. It truly is one of the commonalities of mankind. At our most base times, we want things that benefit us, whether that be a benefit to my checking account or a benefit to my self-esteem or a benefit of my desires. And this applies to all people, God-fearing or not. The difference is that as a Christ follower, I can slow down and listen to God. Listen to him. You know, God does speak to us, right? He speaks to you. You are his child. Are you listening to him? Get rid of the filth of this world that overwhelms, that drowns, that consumes. When you accept the offer of Christ, God's word is planted in you. Christ, the word of God, dwells in you. Listen to him. Grow in him. This past week, I received a note, and I just want to read you a part of it. It's an amazing realizing that the hyphen or dash between two dates after someone who passes, like Nehemiah, so this was written shortly after that, contains so much of his story and makes one think, what will I leave behind? But not only with those we loved and friends and, and acquaintances, but what will I present to my loving Father in heaven? Question, when the world looks at me, what do they see? Is it Jesus in me? As a Christ follower, we are the hands and feet of Christ in this world. It starts by us being a Christ follower, us receiving the free offer of Christ to enter into relationship with God. From there, we grow in Christ's likeness, and we bring the love of God to a hurting world. We do that through our actions. We do that through our deeds and through our word, through our lives lived in front of people. Our faith and life aligned, slow to become angry, quick to demonstrate peace, slow to speak harshly, quick to demonstrate mercy, slow to feed our desires and motives, quick to demonstrate God's love. When people see you, who do they see? Do they see Jesus in you? In a few minutes, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper, communion. During this season of Lent, I would encourage all of us to take a little time to look at the motives of our hearts, to ask for forgiveness in the areas where we have let our faith and our lives get out of alignment, to ask God to speak his wisdom and grace into our lives so that we may learn and grow to be more like Jesus in our everyday life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your offer, offer to, to come to us. All we need to do is ask. Father, thank you for your life in ours, for the word planted in our life. Father, thank you for all of that. <coughs> and for me and my friends, Father, I ask that you would, well, to help us align our life and our faith. This world tells us to squash it down. Keep, it, keep your mouth shut, Mark. Be quiet. But your word tells us even the rocks and stones will cry out. So, Father, 
Help us to align our life so that people don't just see a T-shirt that I wear, but rather see you in my life. Rather see you in the words and the deeds I do. Father, be with all of us. Help us to listen to you, to hear you each and every day. You know what? Maybe each and every moment. Father, speak to our hearts this day and every day and every moment and open our ears to hear from you. Amen. We celebrate uh, an open communion. And by that I mean uh, all who are followers of Christ are invited to the table. You can be on this journey for one minute or a hundred years. However long it is, you are invited to the table. The table that Christ prepared. table of sharing with the poor of the world, with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth, in which Jesus became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith, and you would like to have more. You have been here often, and you who have not been for a long time. You who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Would you join me in prayer? Merciful God, we confess that we are in need of your mercy once again. We have taken your generosity for granted and have tried to take advantage of your love. <coughs> Always expecting your mercies, we have failed to show mercy to others. We have turned our eyes from the poor. We have hardened our hearts against those who have hurt us. We have been selfish towards those closest to us. And so we humbly come to you. We ask not only for your merciful forgiveness, but also that you would teach us mercy so that we might be true reflections of you. Forgive our sins that we silently confess to you. Let us continue our confession as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. On the night before his crucifixion, betrayal, they met in an upper room, Jesus and the Twelve. They went there, and, and they were going to share a Passover meal. It was that time of year. And at the beginning of the meal, Jesus took bread, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, 
which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance. After the meal was the cup. This cup, my blood shed for you for the remission of sin. A new covenant written in it. Do this in remembrance. Will those who are helping, assisting, whether on platform or passing out these elements, please come forward. What we ask is that you'd come down the middle aisles and return to your seats. Everybody holding on to those elements will partake together. If you do uh, have a gluten issue, uh, there are wafers up here. Just grab one out of the bowl and take that with you. There are two cups, so make sure you grab both as you come up. Um, you know, I think that's about everything. The table of the Lord is now ready. The body and blood done for you. Body and blood of Christ shed for you. Thank you, buddy. Body and blood of Christ shed for you. Thank you. Okay. The bread. The body of Christ broken for you broken for me, broken for all of us. Do this in remembrance. The cup, the blood of Christ, the new covenant written in his blood for the forgiveness of sin, yours, mine, and all who would receive.
Do this in remembrance. To all who received, he gave the right to be called children of God. Father God, we are so thankful that we are your children. There are others around this world, Father, who will be celebrating communion this day as well. Friends, we may never meet until we're in your presence. But as a family, the family of God here on earth at this date, at this time, we say thank you. We praise you for all you have done in us and through us. Father, we ask that you would align our, our faith and our life so that we may be a living witness, your hands and your feet in this world. Amen. Uh, every so often, God does something really special. Because I always start with the scripture for the week when I'm choosing music. But before I did that this week, um, Vincent here, he asked for this song, From the Inside Out. And that really something special is God had a purpose for this message today and a purpose for worship. And bringing those two things together without a tie in between us just shows me this is what we were meant to hear today. So we're going to close this service with this worship tune from the inside out. Grable asked that you would stand and we'll sing it together.
as we get ready to leave today. Let me leave you with these words from James, the book of James, the end of the chapter, the first chapter. It's taken from the message. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Real religion. The kind that passes muster before God the Father is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. Have a good week.